0: Well, guys, uh, a couple things we got going on. If you don't know, we've, we have a, uh, a city group called Exploring Discipleship. It, uh, discipleship is not just a, a hot new thing uh, for us. Discipleship, uh, we've been doing it for years uh, and really intensely helping people understand what it means to actually be a disciple of Jesus Christ, not just uh, a church goer, not just an attender, uh, not just a Bible studier, but a genuine uh, disciple of Jesus. It is important that we understand that it means to be obedient to the Lord in a, in all the areas of our lives. Now, here's the thing: uh, if you notice, there's some uh, some uh, pads up on the wall over here. I'd love for we had quite a few people uh, already uh, this in the first two services. Uh, ta- you know, put these things down. But this is an interesting thing we've done, and and this is it. This is kind of eye opening for a lot of us is that we say Jesus is our Savior and we say Jesus is our Lord. But if we're going to be honest, there are certain areas of our lives that we have not submitted totally to Jesus and he's not the primary influence on our life. And, and people have been very honest with it. Uh, somebody even put the primary influence of their life uh, when it comes to money is Casey. And I hope that's Casey Morford, not Casey Carter, because uh, you'll be broke if it's Casey Carter. I'm just saying. Um, but it is, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've had several different areas, faith, relationships, government, entertainment, work, education, money, and our bodies. So uh, we, put that, we didn't do that on Wednesday night, and we were talking, I was talking to Matt Miller, who, um, we were, you know, we were saying, should we put our physical bodies as, uh, as something that we submit ultimately to God, primarily influenced by him, and it's like, absolutely, because we go either way. Some of us that take care of our bodies sometimes don't even ask Jesus what we're supposed to do. Some of us uh, don't give it a thought at all. Both are equally as sinful, to, no matter how good a shape you are in. Amen? It's kind of wild to think about that. And so, so like, if we're going to be honest, remember there's no lying in church. If you would go over there after the service and, and write down who your primary influence is. For example, if it's relationships – um, if your primary influence in your relationship is uh, those that are that you uh, grew up with, and those of, those are the ones that influence you. If it's pa- if it's your past relationships that are influencing your future relationships, if it's your government, uh, what's your primary influence in government? If it's Facebook, number one, we're in trouble. Uh, number two, that's a common one. Somebody even I think JFK, JFK even make the cut, and uh, so it's interesting. But but what would it look like? Guys, if we're going to be honest, what would it look like if rather than all those things that were the primary influence of our uh, lives in those areas, if Jesus was the primary influence? Like it would be crazy, radically different. Our lives would look different. Our, our, Our homes would look different. Our church would look different. Amen? I mean, it would be, and we're not even trying to make it look like something. What would it be like? Right? And that's the difference that we're looking at here. What would it actually be like to have God, have Jesus, have the Word, the primary influence of those, those areas? So put those things down and be honest about what those primary Im- influences are. We had some people say, well, I think it should be Jesus, so I put Jesus down. And then when you talk to them, they say, well, I want it to be Jesus, but, but to be honest with you, it's Facebook, or it's a friend, or it's my boss, or it's this or that. Zach also want to do that couple of cool things we do is if you don't know we uh, one of the reasons why we sign our sign up sheets is that we want people to be known and know that they are known and we impact and we do what we can to uh, reach our community in a lot of different ways one of the easiest way and we and we reach not just our, our city of Edgerton we've got a lot of people that that come from all over we have a, we have a, a, a Josh drives from Liberty <laughs> that's fantastic right like it's it's wild the, the distance that people come uh, to, to our church. And, and so we've got, uh, um, uh, what's the, what's, uh, where are you guys, Collins, where are you guys driving from? Bonner Springs. Yeah, it's got Bonner Springs. We've got Liberty. It's, like, it's amazing how the distance that people are driving here. And so we have a lot of people that come from Baldwin City. And we're going to, we have an opportunity next weekend uh, to witness to, to uh, engage uh, about 30,000 people they come for the Maple Leaf Festival, and it's an easy way to do it, and it's one of the ways we can meet people like crazy. Like we get to, and it's it's so easy. We get to drive a golf cart around, Woo-hoo! like how we, no heavy lifting, no anything like that. So if you're interested in that, put that on your connect card. Everybody, uh, hold up your bulletin, your connect cards right on your on your bulletin. If you're interested in doing that and reaching people for uh, for you know for the Lord, and this is just like I said, it's a great way to serve. Um, the uh, Baldwin City as well. Like it's uh, it's so easy too. So we get to meet a lot of people, talk to a lot of people, and, uh, 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 and, and invariably the I, the conversation about Jesus, who we are, all those kinds of things come up, and it's really a cool uh, a cool time to serve those folks. Also, next week, one of the ways we serve those, those who come into our church is through first impressions. Uh, the parking lot people, you are as key to. Everything that we do on a Sunday morning, as the preaching and teaching, especially when I'm preaching, right? I'm kidding. Sorry. Or, I don't know about I don't know about today, but most days, most Sundays, uh, you are as important to, as anything. Like the by the time somebody comes into the church, you may be the the only smile they've seen in a long time, or at least that may be the perception. May not be the reality. But if people are in, like, like are greeted in the way that Jesus wants us to greet, as it says in the scriptures, man, how critical that is. So next week, uh, we're going to be having a luncheon right after the third service for those who are not only serving in First Impressions, which we thank you for, but also those who are interested in First Impressions, bulletins, uh, handing out bulletins, working in the coffee area, working in the parking, greeting, very, very critical to what we do on a Sunday morning. Amen? So. Without further ado, without delaying things any further, man, I want to introduce you guys. You guys may know him, you may have heard him, I'm sure you know Daniel, he's usually playing keyboards and that kind of thing. One of the smartest cats on the planet, right on? I get to, uh, I have the privilege of coming into church, riding together with this guy um, just about every Sunday, uh, and man, I'm I, half the time I'm just taking notes from him and stealing his stuff, so a lot of the things I preach about comes from this cat right here, so Uh, But give a warm, awesome New City welcome to Daniel (laughs) Theopolis-Smith. All
1: right. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Casey. Um, I don't see him in here. Where's where's Kerwin? Well, we're going to do it anyway. It is his birthday today, so... Uh, since he's not in here, we won't quite sing it, but when you see him, give him a whole lot of awkward hugs. <laughs> I know you're good for it. <laughs> All right, um, today we'll be um, learning a bit of, um, out of Matthew 7, and it's fitting for um, the current series that we're doing which is titled Spooky Spirituality. And growing up hearing this passage, it was, it was spooky hearing it. So, but before we dig in, before I start reading into that, I'll go on and open up in prayer. Father, speak what you want to speak. break through whatever strongholds you want to break through. Set the record straight for misconceptions that we may have or may not have. But all in all have your way within our hearts, within our minds, within our souls, within our lives. Show us how to follow you, in Jesus' name, amen. So I'll start by reading out of uh, Matthew 7, B be 7, through 23, Let's see, All right, if you go on and turn there, if you have your Bibles, if you don't, it'll be up here on the screen or you can look at it on your cell phones, you are allowed to look at it on your cell phones in here, so, no text here. I'm joking All right, says not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my father in heaven on that day many will say to me Lord Lord didn't we prophesy in your name drive out demons in your name and do many miracles in your name then I will announce to them I never knew you depart from me you lawbreakers um If there's ever any passage of scripture that has any kind of um, spooky undertones to it or uh, spooky delivery, it would be this passage. Growing up as a kid, you know, growing up in church, I'd hear this passage of scripture. And this passage of scripture was, um, it was detached from the full context of what God was trying to say through his word. And so... Hearing it, you know, every time I hear it, I'm like, gosh, that sucks. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to hear that. And what's even heavier about that is that right before he actually says, I never knew you depart from me, he says that on that day there will be people that say, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name. And at that time as a kid, I'm thinking like, man, I haven't done any of these things. I'm definitely not going to make it. So I'm thinking like I'm definitely going to be the guy that goes there and going to hear I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreaker. And so whenever something is uncomfortable, um, I know me personally, I tend to kind of want to not think about it, not want to talk about it. And so growing up, This passage, hearing this passage, it was one of those passages to where life seemed easier without thinking about, I never knew you, depart from me, you lawbreaker. So therefore, that passage got slid under the rug. And as time passed, so I say at 14 years old, which I'd heard that way prior to then, but at 14 years old, I, you know, I consider myself to be a grown man. And so, therefore, I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do, and so I did whatever I wanted to do. And all the way from 14 to about 20 years old, it was nonstop, going 100 miles per hour in every way that I can, whether that was party, whatever it may have been. If it felt good and it sounded good, I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to be involved. And so, 14 to 20 years old, 20 years old, I'm laying on the bed because I'm sick, and I rarely ever get, like, sick sick, like flu sick. And But I laid in the bed, was bedridden for about a week straight, didn't get up, do anything at all. Like I wasn't eating anything, I wasn't showering, it was terrible. And, you know, laid there for a week, and the thought that came to mind, which, keep in mind, I never knew you, depart from me, you lawbreakers, was a passage that I heard detached from the content, some context, but the word never comes back void, so therefore land on that bed. The thought was, I couldn't imagine going through life the way that I have gone through life, done the things that I've done, not done the things that I should have done, and going out, not with a bang, not in some hurrah, but in a dude, you have wasted your life and now you're about to die and the next thing that you're going to be doing is standing in the face of your father who has created all and he's going to tell you I never knew you, depart from me, you lawbreaker. It was on that day, on that bed land sick it wasn't a sermon that I had heard it wasn't a um, song, whatever. It wasn't anything. I wasn't reading the Bible then, but the word never comes back void. No matter what the medium is, the format is, when you think that whatever it is that you're saying to somebody that comes from the word of God isn't landing, it's not your job to push it into them. It's your job to share. And laying on that bed, that thought came to mind that day it was cold turkey. I cannot imagine at the end of the day hearing, I never knew you, depart from me, you lawbreaker. It's the worst thing that you could ever hear. You know, Whether you believe her or not, not believer, it's something that you'd have to examine and ask yourself, do I actually want to hear that? I didn't want to hear it. And so, which leads me to, like I said, it was given out of, not given out of context, but it was detached from the full context so therefore it was it was um it was swallowed or taken in just as this fear, this spooky fear. It was taken in as, oh man, gosh, you know, God with the the magnifying glass and I'm the little ant and he's gonna, you know, he's gonna burn me. So therefore, you know, I better hurry up and do what I need to do. Well, digging into this passage you have to study scripture in light of scripture to get the context. It has to be studied within what the word says is how you actually define the word. And so what we'll do is, in order to do that, is we'll read before the focus point, and then we'll read a little bit after that. So, and we'll do that in Matthew 7, 13. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life and few find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Emphasis on the word fruit. We'll dig into that a little. Our grapes gather from thorn bushes or figs from thistles in the same way, thorn bushes or figs, or sorry, in the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, so you will recognize them by their fruit. And I'm very hungry after hearing fruit. Every time I hear fruit... I think of pears, I don't know why, but even in the garden the fruit, I see it as a pear. Sound juicy. And so um but emphasis on the word fruit, because seeing it here right before he actually goes in to say, Then I'll announce to them I never knew you depart from me, you're seeing prior to all of that, he's speaking about fruit. So looking at scripture in light of scripture. He's saying that he's speaking about fruit, so we have to question, why is he talking about fruit? That's because fruit is important, and it has something to do with this day of standing in front of the Father and him saying, I never knew you depart from me, you lawbreaker. So, in order to see what the fruit, the scriptures is talking about, we'll call, make a phone call. Actually, we'll go ahead and look in the scripture. Uh, We'll go to Galatians 5. 22 and keep in mind that scripture never convicts or um, contradicts itself so wherever you see a word or a point of reference there's always another point of reference over and over over and over over and over it's always woven together from the beginning to the end it's consistent all right and so i'll read galatians 5 um, 22 Actually, no, let's, yeah, let's do that. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And these who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow by the Spirit. Bingo. We're getting a chance to see what good fruit is. And good fruit is produced from a good tree, which a good tree is birthed and rooted in Jesus. Which, this is pretty powerful how you know we have this up here. Because if you look over there, you realize that in each of these sections, Jesus wants to be the Lord of each of those sections, not just because he's this guy with a magnifying glass, but because when you base it on, on Jesus in each of these parts of your life, things go the way that they should be going. You're in the will of God. And then obviously from being rooted within Jesus, then there's good fruit that pops out of that, which if you are rooted in Jesus, then love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control, those things start to birth. Now, within seeing that, Knowing that, like I said, as a kid, not knowing that, but hearing some of these passages, when there's a good fruit, then there's definitely a bad fruit. The scriptures just spoke about it. So, okay, what does bad fruit look like? And we'll start reading in Galatians 5. Let's do 5 um, 13. So it says, For you are called to be free, brothers. Only don't uh, use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love, for the entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be consumed by one another. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Powerful thing to see in that, seeing spirit. We're not talking about just any random spirit. We're talking about the spirit of Jesus. As you read that, the word is talking about the spirit of Jesus. So I say then to you, walk by Jesus and you will not carry out the flesh that desires. For the flesh desires what is against Jesus. And Jesus desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by Jesus, you are not under the law. And so, looking at the full context of what good fruit is, seeing what bad fruit is, then it'll give us a better picture of why the Father, all-loving And created everything, everybody, everything in it. While he would actually say, I never knew you, depart from me, you lawbreaker. Good fruit is not something that you manufacture. Good fruit is something that is produced from you being rooted in Jesus. And the only way to actually be rooted in Jesus is to be rooted In humility, so it's impossible, and that's I'll get to. It's impossible to manufacture genuine love, genuine joy, genuine peace, genuine patience, genuine goodness, kindness, faith, gentleness, self-control. If you're not rooted in Jesus, because the word says that a good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So therefore, the other, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, cruising, is all birthed out of a bad tree, and that's a tree that's not rooted in Jesus, which that's a tree that's not rooted in humility. That ties together because of looking at where he says on that day there will be many that say didn't we prophesy in your name didn't we uh, do miracles in your name you know all these things and you, the list goes on didn't we give didn't we you know didn't we pray then we sing songs Didn't we dance Didn't we lift our hands didn't we do this do that feed the homeless all these things Not saying that any of those things are bad, but if they're not rooted in humility, then we're missing the point. And because love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control, is owned by God and God alone. And so as spooky as it seemed at that time, Once reading prior to just that passage, you realize, like, wow, like, this is God's way. This is God's way of writing out a warning label for his children. I love my kids, so I want warning labels on the products at home. I don't want them drinking uh, Fabuloso, so there's a warning label there. It ain't that I hate them, it's on there because I love them. It says, Don't drink this stuff because it will kill you because I love them. I don't rip the tags off and say, hey, let's see if, you know, they enjoy the juice. (laughs) And so, like I said, after seeing that, then realize like, dude, overall, this is good news. And important note to take on that is that reading scripture and studying scripture in light of scripture will tell you the character of Jesus. So therefore, if, if, if whatever you're reading, period, isn't filtered through the character of who Jesus actually is and who the Word says that Jesus is, you miss the point. And so therefore, you know, I won't speak much on it, but you have a whole lot of coats and stuff because of that, because it's not being filtered through the character of who Jesus is. And so if we're being found in Jesus by being rooted in Jesus, which the only way to truly be rooted in Jesus is to humble ourselves and be rooted in humility. And as being rooted in that, then we grow as good trees and there's good fruit that's produced. We don't have to force that fruit, but that fruit pops out and we notice that fruit because of us being rooted in. So if there's anything that I'd like to... um, close with it would be that good fruit springs forward from a good tree which a good tree is a person who has accepted their identity in Christ alone a good tree is someone who has shown their love for God by obeying his commandments a good tree is someone who is Holy Spirit led and does whatever Jesus says whether that's feed the hungry, clothe the cold, hug the hurting hear the abandoned, going to work as simple as it seems, cooking the dinner as mundane as it seems playing the game with your kids. So whatever you're doing, that is in obedience to the Spirit leading you, which is Jesus. And whatever you're doing that's found first in Jesus. So, all right, where do I find my faith? Where do I find my relationships? How do I define government, entertainment? And, of course, the easy answer, once being rooted in Jesus, you start to realize, like, you know what? Jesus, Jesus. And it's not like a too easy answer, but that really, you know, the goal is for that to be the answer, you know. And like I said, we can't, we could, well, we can't manufacture that. But at the end of the day, we still got to think about, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreaker. Follow Jesus. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. And that, that's great news. I mean, that's great news.